Yesterday, we told you the story of an Iraqi family who arrived in California with the help of a former U.S. Army captain. Today, we have the story of a growing network of Americans working to bring Iraqis and Afghans to safety in the U.S. These are men and women who risked their lives working with the U.S. military. It's an increasingly urgent effort now that U.S. troops are starting to pull out of Afghanistan. The world's Monica Campbell reports. Meet three vets, all law students at the University of California, Berkeley. My name is Mark Zambarda. I was an Army officer from 2007 to 2012, and I was in Kunar Province, Afghanistan. My name is Ben Ash. I'm 24. I was a sergeant in the Marines. I went to Iraq from 2008 to 2009. My name is Matthew Pelnar. I'm 31 years old. I served in Iraq in 2007. I served in Afghanistan in 2008. We're in a small room on campus. The veterans break out their laptops to show me documents, growing case files aimed at helping their Iraqi and Afghan interpreters get U.S. visas and out of danger. Former Marine Ben Ash remembers threatening images from Iraq. Fairly common, we'd see like graffiti uh, on like bridges and buildings where we'd search a lot that would target us and target our uh, interpreters with very strange murals underneath it, like beautiful murals of hearts and imagery of lions, and then above it would be like, collaborators must die and stuff like that. Former Marine Matthew Pelnar has already helped one Iraqi interpreter's family get to safety. Now he's on the case of an Afghan interpreter and his family. For my Afghan case, uh, our interpreter has actually received um, threats via telephone, uh, and his dad has received uh, phone calls um, telling them that they know he's an interpreter for U.S. forces and that he needs to stop or they'll kill him. And then there's the case Mark Zambarda is working on. He's trying to get his platoon's interpreter out of Afghanistan. The documentation he's compiled on his laptop is surreal and terrifying. This is a threat letter that he received. I mean, the stationery in the background is actually like out of a children's notebook. It's kind of like a, a mandate saying, like, stop working for the U.S., you will be killed. These get posted. They'll literally watch to see people take them down, too, and that, you know, that'll be cause for people getting hurt or killed. In 2010, just before Zambarda left his outpost in one of Afghanistan's deadliest areas, he typed out a letter vouching for his interpreter. As platoon leader, I mean, this guy was like my right-hand man because he was my voice. We really do become friends. These guys aren't just another Afghan. They're, they're, they're heroes, just the same. His interpreter is still waiting for a U.S. visa, three years on. The U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan only makes their work more urgent. I just hope that they do a really good last look at this, you know, before U.S. forces leave, because it's going to be a bad situation for those guys over there if they don't. But these veterans aren't toiling alone. They're working with a fast-growing nonprofit called the Iraqi Refugee Assistance Project. It recruits students at law schools nationwide to work with pro bono lawyers on the cases. Becca Heller co-founded the group at Yale in 2008 after seeing Iraqi refugees stranded in Jordan. She's now determined to break the Afghan visa backlog. Thousands of visa applications are piled up in Kabul. U.S. officials say staff can't keep up with the demand. Heller says that's not a good enough answer. There are these systems in place to try to assist people, but the systems are really broken and they're really difficult to navigate. I don't know how on earth you're supposed to manage to get your visa application to Nebraska, which is literally where it has to go. Heller's not surprised that veterans are drawn to her group. They're used to U.S. government bureaucracy and how it doesn't always compute in places like Afghanistan. 
Even mundane requests for copies of ID or proof of U.S. employment are complicated. Here's Ben Ash again. I mean, in defense of the process, no one has experience doing this. This is a huge process. This is taking people who are hired off the streets who might not have any paperwork and say and do it having to rush in, you know, proof of employment. There's obviously no W-2s. So he and the others have to stress to their Afghan clients the legal importance of getting things down on paper. Zambarda says his interpreter may not always understand what's needed. Like he might just write, oh, yeah, I got threatened the other day. But it's hard to communicate. Like, I need you to write this out on paper, sign it, use specific dates. They don't look at calendars like we do. They don't wear watches like we do. And it's more than gathering paperwork. It's about staying connected to their Afghan clients, friends in some cases, through Skype, Facebook, email, just not leaving them in the dark. Zambarda reads an email from his interpreter. Sir, if you can please send it to your friends who's working on my case and tell him please try his best because it's really hard for, I mean, my life, it's so hard. So Zambarda pushes on. On his laptop, there's a photo of his remote Afghan outpost, 7,000 miles from California. All it takes is looking at that to remember the dangers and the friends he left behind. For The World, I'm Monica Campbell, Berkeley, California.